0: Hello, welcome to the Dear Writer podcast. I'm Sarah.
1: And I'm Ashley. We're two aspiring collaborative authors sharing our writing journey with you. The ups, the downs, and everything in between. Whether you're
0: just starting out or a more experienced writer, we hope that you'll find this podcast inspiring and thought-provoking. And here's the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Dear Writer. Today, we are recording episode 149. And This one is going to be a bit of a special episode. We are releasing our second novel in our Black Sky series, uh, The Price of Pandemonium, and that is going to be available tomorrow. And we thought we'd have a bit of a promotional episode um, today to share with you.
1: Yes, we can talk all things The Price of Pandemonium, and I guess a little bit about when the rain falls, because... It came before it, so, you know, you need to know a little bit about that one. So usually we have our writing updates, but this week we're going to skip that and just dedicate the whole episode to The Price of Pandemonium, and I think we'll take the whole time anyways.
0: Yes, I think so.
1: Lots to say. Before we jump into The Price of Pandemonium, we should chat a tiny bit about when the rain falls, which is, as you probably heard, us talk about quite a bit the first book in the black sky series and today is actually the last day that you can get it for free on amazon so you should definitely go and download that and you know if you've got lots of time you could binge read it before the price of pandemonium comes out um, I'd recommend it it's quite a fast read as we talked about in the last episode yes and I think you'll I think you'll definitely <coughs> enjoy it and, you know, if you read that and you just can't get enough of our writing, and you have to know what happens. You, know, you can always go and um, download, purchase. Well, purchase, download, purchase uh, The Price of Pandemonium. Or you can go download our prequel short story, if you'd like, from our website as well. It's always a good read. It's not too long. It's called The State of Things. Um, it's optional, yeah. but I think it's a pretty good story nonetheless.
0: And if you do want to download that and read that short story, um, that's available by joining up to our mailing list. Um, So just in case you're like wondering how to get get it, then it comes up as a pop-up now on our website. Plug in your details and that short story should hopefully be emailed to you. If you have any problems, then please feel free to contact us on our contact us page because sometimes MailChimp, is a challenge to work with i'm not gonna lie <laughs> we don't have it perfectly down but it should work
1: <laughs> uh yes i used my well, used to use mailchimp at work as well for like our newsletter and things always a headache every time it came to newsletter time i'd be like Ah, oh, no I have to deal with mailchimp again so oh dear Struggle is real
0: it is <laughs> um... it really is
1: So, this is the part where we're going to say, spoiler alert, if you haven't read When the Rain Falls, because we are going to talk a little bit about uh, what happens and when the rain falls, and then a little bit about where the price of pandemonium begins. And we thought the best way to do that was to read you guys our synopsis for When the Rain Falls, because I think it should give you a pretty good summary um, of what happened in that book. So, Sarah?
0: Yes, so... Here we go. Storm clouds gather above a group of teenagers in Taronga, New Zealand, as war erupts and forces their worlds to collide. Memories of family tragedy return to grace as she comes to terms with their new wartime life. She finds comfort in Levi, her clumsy but loyal savior, who for the first time must consider life seriously. He takes example from his best friend Dylan, whose steady nature helps him cope with the brutality of war. Dylan's traditional values are challenged when Lizzie forces her iron will over the group to avenge her brother's death. While raiding supplies, they meet Jess, who battles with the loss of her best friend and the moral dilemmas of war. At first, the group assumes a foreign nation has invaded, but after many dangerous missions, they discover the truth. New Zealand has been thrown into civil war. Under the tyrannical thumb of Prime Minister Marion, the military are imprisoning the citizens and destroying any resistance. When bloodthirsty soldiers find the group's forest hideout, they are forced to flee. A chance sighting of Marion's private jet sends Dylan and Lizzie over the edge. Their plot for revenge goes awry, and the group becomes stowaways on Marion's plane. Crammed in the luggage compartment, they overhear Marion's plan to sabotage an upcoming U.S. rocket launching, turning it into an act of terrorism terrorism against England. As the only ones who know about this maddened scheme, they're compelled to stop the rocket at any cost. They battle onward, driven by the hope that exposing Marion will end the war and free their families. Their attempts fail, and in defeat, they are pegged as refugees in a country that doesn't want them, forcing them back to New Zealand. So do we want to discuss that at all, Ashley?
1: I love hearing our book in its condensed form.
0: You know, I felt like that was the, the best way to describe everything that goes on because we tried it just a second ago. We were floundering. I was like, let's just bring out the synopsis.
1: <laughs> it's come in handy, which is excellent. Um, well, I guess the thing to say is it kind of does end on a bit of a cliffhanger with them being sent back to New Zealand. And yes, we can discuss... If we go into that a bit more detail, we decided that, you know, they couldn't just land and like walk off the plane in New Zealand because that's a bit boring. So it ends with them being forced to skydive um out of the plane, the plane? of New Zealand, which I love. And my favorite yeah. part <laughs> so is when, chaotic. My favorite part is when like Jess and Jennifer are forced to go yeah. first because they're afraid and Jennifer's screams, she's like oh. ah! <laughs> <laughs>
0: I like that bit, too. It's like it's so <laughs> just like lost in the wind <laughs> <laughs> yes. I just hear it You can just hear it I, know. I, I, yeah. I guess that that synopsis the one thing that synopsis did not mention was Jennifer, and that is because I feel like we have like six main characters' viewpoints in when the rain falls, and I guess it is a little bit of like within that like primary and secondary characters which i don't think a lot of novels do it's kind Mm -hmm. of a bit strange to have your secondary characters have a voice but ours do um so that was the only reason why jennifer wasn't mentioned in there but she as we will hear about is a character herself um and we'll discuss characters shortly (laughs)
1: yes so i guess for the price of pandemonium basically begins pretty much immediately where when the rain falls ends Mm -hmm. so don't worry you don't like there's no fill in the time blanks or anything like we basically pick up not in the middle of the skydive but very very soon afterwards so yeah quite exciting so if I guess if you haven't read When the Rain Falls, you probably won't have seen the blurb for The Price of Pandemonium, which is in the back of that book. So I thought it'd be really fun if we shared the blurb for that here on the podcast. Um, yeah. Sarah wrote most of this one, I think, because I think it's quite interesting because for When the Rain Falls, we struggled a bit um coming up with it and I spent a lot of time on it and then I kind of eventually managed to get a blurb that we really liked and then for this one um Sarah ended up being able to write the blurb that worked really well it's quite interesting how you know like end up sharing yes. <laughs> the duty for it which is good um,
0: we, somehow we always seem to make it fairly 50-50 which I don't yeah I, I don't like know
1: that. how um and even we were <laughs> writing the blurb recently for darkness set us free and it was like a a total 50 50 joint effort which was quite hilarious somehow
0: (laughs) well i don't know i feel like you did most of that one but then i just was like oh she just needs a few linking sentences so like added a few in and then who knows maybe i'll end up like randomly doing most for the next who knows we'll see (laughs) but would you like to read out the blurb ashley sure we did add a little bit of a, a quote to the front of it, which is not in the original blurb at the end of When the Rain Falls, because um, we wanted to just build a little bit more atmosphere into it.
1: Yes. So the, the quote it begins with on the back of the book is, We're really going to do it, aren't we? Lizzie said at last. She looked across me, the flickering fire lighting her eyes with flame. An omen. Yeah, we really are. And then we move into the blurb, which is, They never expected a homecoming party. When the teens land back in New Zealand, they're greeted by a ghost town. The houses empty. Farms untended. And their families remain imprisoned. The Prime minister's soldiers control the nation, patrolling the streets and eliminating any resistance. Alone again, the teens fight to survive but this time it's different. They won't let the enemy gain the upper hand. As they plan their biggest attack yet, the teens must rely on each other for strength. Victory is theirs for the taking, but even victory comes at a cost. Very dramatic.
0: (laughs) No, I like the last line.
1: I know, me too. The last two lines. I love the victories. victory is theirs for the taking, but even victory comes at
0: a cost. It's very true, and it's very true to the book, I feel. It
1: is, yeah. it is. And I feel like the sort of like atmosphere that the uh, blur portrays matches the atmosphere of the Price of Pandemonium very well. I thought the next thing we should cover is introducing our cast of characters a little bit, uh, especially since it is a first-person narrative and you're going to be uh, told the story through their eyes. So I guess we'll introduce all six characters, so including Jennifer, um, who wasn't mentioned in the synopsis of when the rain falls, but she exists and she's there. So I thought <laughs> um we kind of just do a little bit of an overview of what the characters like and then uh, a quote from them um from the price of pandemonium, uh, and a little tiny bit about I guess their the problems that they're having, and when uh, not in when the rain falls, and the price of pandemonium, and sort of like the questions that surround them to try and give you a bit of a glimpse at what's going on for each of the characters. So, Sarah, do you want to go first with Lizzie?
0: Sure. As a couple of songs that you might want to listen to to get a feel for Lizzie and the price of pandemonium, um, I've put down "Listen to Champion" by Bishop Briggs. Um, or Older Than I Am by Lennon Stella. Um, I also felt that fit quite well. And so, as a general description, Lizzie is an unstoppable force of nature. (laughs) It cannot be denied. She feels strongly, sometimes too strongly, about her beliefs and doesn't usually see things in shades of grey. She's constantly battling against how she believes other people perceive perceive her and is continually trying to prove herself. Lizzie's greatest fear is being invisible. Then we move into the, what's going on for her in the price of pandemonium in particular. Um, so I've written a, well, so I have a quote from the price of pandemonium um, and it was from Dylan's perspective. It says, That was something I loved about Lizzie. She was so sure of herself she could conquer anything. Lizzie is a fighter, a one-woman band who won't let anyone or anything get in the way of what she wants. But the war is changing her. She can't do it all on her own. After all, what is the point in fighting if there is no one to fight for? I thought it's quite ironic for Lizzie just the fact that everyone sees her as this, like, unstoppable force of nature, as I kind of mentioned, and, like, Mm -hmm. really strong, um, powering through everything, and like Dylan said, you know, she could conquer anything. Yet, that is not really how she sees herself, which is why she's kind of constantly battling to prove herself and battling to be seen, I guess, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is quite ironic, because, yeah, she's, like, almost the opposite end of like how she sees herself but
1: overcompensating
0: (laughs) (laughs) yes exactly that was the word I was looking for thank you no
1: worries (laughs) um I can go over Grace now sure so if you want to get a bit of a feel for what Grace is like in The Price of Pandemonium you can listen to Shadow Feet by Brooke Fraser or you can listen to Alive by Sia I thought those two songs really capture uh what she's what she's going through so a little bit about grace in general um she has a tragic past that really is the foundation for most of the choices that she makes uh in the series she's worked really hard to get through the tough times and come out a stronger person but with the arrival uh, but the arrival of war is her biggest challenge yet she's really caring uh and can be emotional at times very emotional at times. <laughs> um, and that can sometimes interfere with how, with her judgment and some of the decisions that she makes. Uh, and her greatest fear is being too broken to heal. So, some of the, but more about Grace in The Price of Pandemonium. Uh, the quote I have about her is from her opinion, which I think is very fitting for her because she's very much mm-hmm. like in her own head a lot in this book. So, uh, the quote is, My edges were fraying, and if I wasn't careful, I would unravel entirely. Uh, So Grace never saw herself as a fighter, but war changes everyone. Grace realizes she wants her future back, and for once, she's willing to fight for it. But her traumatic past threatens to resurface, and the only way to make it through is to open her heart to Levi. And the question is, will she let him in before it's too late? I think Grace is in like a very precarious situation, I think emotionally throughout this whole book where she kind of, yeah, kind of flips between, you know, really wanting to make a difference, uh, but then always being really worried that her, the trauma that she's managed to keep under control so far is going to, I guess, send her over the edge again so she's in quite an interesting predicament um which is reflected quite a lot with how her relationship with levi goes through the book as well
0: yeah so i guess i can continue with dylan yes so but to get a feel for him in Price of Pandemonium, listen to Head Down by Lost Frequencies and Bastille um, or Mistake by NF. Um, and those are actually different. We've recently been releasing a few character descriptions on Instagram and TikTok. Um, if you've seen those, it's actually different from the song that I picked for him. He's got quite a few that I was <laughs> like bouncing in between. Yeah. But I think those two are really quite reflective of how he's feeling in The Price of Pandemonium.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So as a general description, Dylan likes to be liked. He's always been a popular guy, but the war is making him change. Um, he's very sensitive sensitive, and he answers everything with his heart on his sleeve. He comes from a traditional family and often sees himself as the protector even when his friends don't think they need protecting (laughs) (laughs) Um, Dylan's greatest fear is letting people down or not living up to people's expectations of him. And so as a quote I've put here, this is from Jess's perspective. He had known what it would cost him to kill those soldiers, but he did it anyway for us. So Dylan would carry the weight of the world if he had to for the ones he loves, but in a war, that's a heavy burden. With every attack against the enemy, Dylan becomes consumed with guilt. Each death is a strike against his humanity. His saving grace is his love for Lizzie, but how can he redeem himself when Lizzie refuses his protection?
1: Oh, Dylan.
0: I found it interesting when we were coming up with this, that, it was quite hard to separate his like need to protect lizzie from like who he actually was and i think yeah. that's because he sees it as a way to redeem himself and the guilt is a really strong theme for him running through the whole book um as we went through it i was like my goodness dylan Poor <laughs> oh, god <laughs> and you know as a lot of people do, he doesn't always deal with his guilt in the best way, yeah, so if you're interested in hearing more about that, then again, read the book. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, uh, um I will move on to Levi now. So if you want to get a bit of a feel for Levi in the Price of Pandemonium, I would suggest listening to the song Falling On by Finger Eleven or All These Things That I've Done by The Killers. Uh, and a bit about Levi's background. So Levi comes from a broken home. I guess the opposite of Dylan. <laughs> divorced parents and an abusive military father but this doesn't get levi down at least not on the outside he's compassionate and despite everything he has a fairly optimistic outlook on the war um and in the price of pandemonium i have picked a quote uh which is from grace's perspective so it is levi was always right beside me to hold on to my hope until i could find my way Um, kind of like Sarah was saying about Dylan seems Grace and Levi are quite, their characters are quite well intertwined in this book. Um, so Levi is unwaveringly loyal, a steady presence as the world falls apart. He catches his friends when they stumble, uh, and he wipes Grace's tears when the weight of the war becomes too much, but war spares no one. And soon Levi's confronted with his greatest fear the fear of becoming his father uh which i think is yeah yeah we're gonna leave it at that
0: (laughs) (laughs) self-explanatory that one yeah the more i get into the series like writing it wise and like especially revising the uh darkness set us free as we're beginning to get into that um the more I really feel for Levi. I know. I feel for all of them, but you know, like lately I've just been doing a lot of stuff, not from his perspective, because Ashley writes that, but a lot of things intertwined um, with, yeah, his situation. And so I have had to try and think of things from his perspective to get the right tone for the rest of it, which has been interesting.
1: He has a rough go.
0: He does. (laughs) (laughs) They all have a rough go. This is true. But especially Levi and Grace. Okay. So Jess, we will talk about next. So to get a feel for Jess in The Price of Pandemonium, you can listen to Most of Us Are Strangers by Seafret or Graveyard by Halsey. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. I hope I am. (laughs) So as a general description, unlike Lizzie, Jess doesn't see the world in black and white and she is constantly worried about whether they are doing the right thing. She has an addictive personality and often gets swept up in her thoughts and emotions. Despite always feeling like an outsider, Jess is the one person in the group who holds everything in balance. Jess fears losing her identity to darkness and sometimes looks for security in the wrong places. So the quote that I've chosen is maybe Jess thought she didn't have a place in our group, but she was wrong. Jess was the glue holding us all together. And that is from Grace's perspective. So Jess is as strong as they come, but she struggles to see it. And she is lonely. While the others seem to form unbreakable bonds, Jess feels left on the outside. When the teens join with another rebel group, Jess welcomes the change but a new group presents new challenges and Jess must make a choice between the two. Who will she side with?
1: Jess is such an interesting character in The Price of Pandemonium.
0: (laughs) She
1: is. You get to learn a lot about her, which is good, because I feel like in When the Rain Falls, sometimes it feels like the Grayson Lizzie show, sometimes.
0: I don't know. I feel like a lot of people really enjoyed her in When the Rain Falls. James she was one of the favorite much. characters, I think. Um, but yeah, it's. Just, I think you see a bit more of her struggles. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, like, you see a lot of her struggles in When the Rain Falls, but, like, I think almost on, like, a deeper yeah, level. definitely. Yeah. And more of her strengths, too, actually.
1: Yes, yes.
0: Yes. Sarah's a very rounded character, I think. She is.
1: Jess is great. James <laughs> thinks Jess is the best, so. You should read The Price of pandemonium. Pandemonium. <laughs> and the last character we're going to cover is Jennifer. So if you want to get a bit of a feel for Jennifer, you can listen to Underdog by The Script. So Jennifer has lived a sheltered life, and when war comes, she has no interest in fighting or waging war. She's perfectly happy hiding and waiting for the war to pass them by. She's often the voice of reason. And the quote I've picked for, from The Price of Pandemonium is from her perspective. So it's, it wasn't about being reckless and throwing, our li- uh, throwing away our lives. It was about fighting for all we had lost. So if Jennifer had it her way, she'd never have come back to New Zealand. Um, we talked about um, their unfortunate circumstances at the end of um, When the Rain Falls. So in her mind, she'd already tried hard enough to make a difference in the war. But she's beginning to see there's more to this war than just trying to stay alive. There are people to fight for and freedom to get back.
0: I think what's interesting about Jennifer is in When the Rain Falls, she didn't want to fight. And like, even when everything was going on, she was like, no, no, just leave me out of it. And she was basically just dragged kicking and screaming yeah. the whole way.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: So I feel like it's quite interesting, you know, coming into the be- the beginning of The Price of Pandemonium with a character like i mean none of them wanted to go back but jennifer especially she made her opinion
1: known at the end of when the rain falls too she's like i'm not going back i just want to stay (laughs) here don't send me back um so yeah she does add an interesting dynamic to the group that's for sure so now that we've heard a little bit about all of the characters in when the rain falls not when the rain falls and the price of pandemonium I thought we could have a little chat about the playlists that we have available. Um, you can access them on Spotify. You can just search Price of Pandemonium or you'll be able to find a wes- find a list on our website. Uh, so I thought we could talk a little bit about the purpose of our playlists and some of the favorite songs we have on it and, you know, a little bit about the process of putting it together because
0: I think we both find it quite enjoyable. So Sarah, I thought it was quite fun to put together, and honestly, I think it really just started as something fun to kind of do. We're like, and we had always found music uh, quite inspiring. I remember way back when we first started writing, we'd be like, "Oh, this song really reminds me of like, you know, this part in our book or whatever." Um, And then we started doing it in a more in more of a format of like one song per chapter and so we kind of divvied them out like i did all the um lizzie and dylan ones and ashley did all the levi and grace ones and then we kind of shared who had the major part in writing each of like jess or jennifer's chapters as to like who was going to do those songs that ended up being more useful than what i thought it was i thought it was just like something fun and i had like all these songs and like now i kind of use it for inspiration i'll be like oh i really need to get into like this person's head and so then i'll like start playing the song where i'm like oh i'm in this part of the book and i'm like trying to revise something and it's like kind of tricky because we have um playlists for darkness set us free as well for example and so it becomes a way to kind of get into the mindset, which I find really helpful.
1: I agree. It's also really helpful when you're like trying to deal with a character that the other person has written because you can listen to the song that they chose for them and you're like, oh, okay. Like I kind of like get vibe vibe." and for me getting into Dylan a bit more here or whatever. So I do the same thing. I use it to help me out a lot. And sometimes it's fun when when I was – um doing like the final proof of the price pandemonium i would like listen to the songs too as i read through it it's quite a good like
0: it's quite exciting it builds Yeah. yeah i think it builds a bit of excitement about it too i think probably the biggest challenge that i had was in some ways having too many songs or sometimes not quite getting the tone completely how I wanted it Mm -hmm. because you know like you'd listen to a song you'd be like that's nearly there but not quite and then I'd go on like this gigantic hunt that would take me like days of just trawling through like (laughs) because I have Apple music so just trawling through Apple music going okay I've got to find a song got to find a song um because we we go through a lot of different genres like we don't stick to just specific genres there's like pop there's country there's rap there's like heavy metal in some places i think not yeah. not so much in just the price of pandemonium um i'm tr- i don't know that there's any like heavy metal no. in there but um you know like there's there's definitely a range of different songs for different tastes so you might not like, love all of the songs if you are heavily like you know listening to one genre um but there is a lot of different flavors of music in there yes say.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we talked about the take two playlist one of my favorite ones on there is one that sarah chose for chapter one the welcome to paradise by Grandson. <laughs> it's just hilarious it just hilariously fits it so well i remember listening to it being like this is so good i love it
0: <laughs> i'm glad you liked that one i was <laughs> like yes <laughs> Because the thing is really ironic in it too. Yeah, like, it's you know yeah. it's called Welcome to Paradise, but it's really not paradise in the song, and it's not obviously paradise <laughs> yes. where they are either.
1: Um. um, for me personally, I really enjoyed choosing basically all of Levi's songs for the playlist. They came a lot easier to me than they have in the past. So there's a good mix of highly suspects. we have some killers we have some snow patrol we have some muse i just feel like it captures levi really well
0: i quite enjoyed doing dylan's ones his ones like i'm like just looking at it now and they came out kind of interesting you know we've got flurry for one of them which is like different having a female singer for <laughs> a male i mean like we don't do that very often for a male's viewpoint there's one further down by nf which I don't know if anyone's listened to him, but, like, this rap artist, just, like, he gets really, really deep into issues, and he's obviously had a really hard life. But even some recently that I've, like, I just started listening to some of his newer songs the other day when we were coming up with things. I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, the the one that I mentioned earlier, Mistake by NF, there's a lot of, not all Dylan, but there's, there's a bit of Dylan in his <laughs> songs. <laughs> you know, like, there's other artists such as barnes courtney another favorite of mine for dylan
1: yes some great songs on there so you should definitely check it out and maybe even listen along while you're reading the price pandemonium you can see i guess get a glimpse into i guess our minds when we're thinking about the characters yep all righty the next thing i thought we could do is just share some short excerpts from the price of pandemonium one from each character's perspective just so you can get a feel for it. I can go first with Grace. So I've actually just picked the hook, basically, (laughs) from Chapter 1. I feel (laughs) like it it fits quite well. So. Home was the last place I wanted to be. But here I was, against my will and facing down death. My cheek rested on the soft green grass as the droning airplane that dropped us back into this picturesque hell faded away. Levi and I were stranded, alone in a farmer's field, with the New Zealand sun bearing down, unrelenting. Blackbirds chirped happily to a background orchestra of cicadas while the sickly sweet fragrance of wildflowers wafted on the breeze, doing nothing to refresh the stifling summer air. This peaceful facade was a decent cover-up. You could be tricked into thinking the war was over. But I knew better. So, hopefully, you're like, oh, I want to read more. <laughs>
0: Welcome to Paradise. yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can continue with one from Lizzie's perspective. I found it quite hard to choose a passage from her perspective just because that she's so driven that a lot of her passages are kind of spoilers. so I didn't want to <laughs> give too much away.
1: I understand.
0: But so I've chosen a more descriptive piece, okay. Mm-hmm. alone i walked forward and gazed at a half knocked over sign it never seems real i whispered to no one in particular this little town was the first real set of shops on the way into the city in summer flowers blossomed in the centers of roundabouts and the streets were packed with kids strolling to and from the ice cream store teenage girls wore skimpy shorts and tank tops as they traipsed from shop to shop and the guys drove by nice and slow with their music blaring wolf whistling out the window now there was nothing left but an empty shell of what had been. I kicked the sign in an outburst of bottled up frustration. It gave a horrible creep before toppling over with an echoing crash. Ah, oh, Lizzie. Yes. <laughs> Always letting her frustration get the better of me. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yep. Yep. I struggled similarly with um, Levi's because it seems like in his, there's a lot, a lot of spoilers. Um, so... I ended up choosing a part of a memory of his. Um, it's a bit longer okay. because I didn't know where to stop it. I, could, well, I couldn't find a good spot to stop it. So I thought we'd go with that because it doesn't give too much away and fits very well with the, um, okay. you know, the dad sort of thing that we've been talking about throughout this episode. So there's still time, Levi, dad said, his eyes fixed on the TV. "'I'm not joining you,' I said. "'We've been through this.' "'He shook his head of short, dark hair. "'If you come with me, you'll make it in time for basic training.' "'No, Dad, I'm not keen,' I said, keeping my voice level. "'Sorry. "'That's disappointing. "'This isn't how I raised you.' "'I don't care how you raised me. "'I'm not joining the army.' "'Where's your honor?" he spat at me. "'His face twitched with the effort of trying to contain his rage. "'My honour. "'This isn't about honour. "'This is about not turning into you,' I said.' That pissed him off. His face morphed into a look of disgust as he launched himself at me. I leapt over the back of the couch before he got to me. Coward, he growled. I'm not going to fight you, Dad. We stood across the couch from each other, fists clenched. He stormed over to me, grabbed my collar, and pulled my face close to his. Fine, don't join, but don't say I never tried. I hope you get what's coming to you. Dad let go and shoved me away. I walked out his door, determined to never look back. So, get some context for Levi's. Daddy issues. Let's go with that.
0: <laughs> and so we'll move on to Dylan. So, as I kind of mentioned he, in his description, he's been taking on a lot of the weight and I'm going to say a lot of the dirty work. <laughs> 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 I couldn't think of another way to describe it, but no, um, I think
1: that fits. <laughs>
0: yeah. So, I decided to go with an, a short part of an action scene for him. I took my chance and dove at him as he was getting out of the truck. He was still only halfway to the ground and we went sprawling into the dust and gravel. I had tried to swipe my knife at his throat but ended up only grazing him as we fell. His rifle clattered out after him as he tried to grab onto something to keep his balance. Clumsily, I kicked the weapon out of his reach and under the chassis of the truck. There was no way I was letting him get it. But the soldier wasn't worried about that. His hands were fighting at my wrist, trying to tear the knife from my grasp. It was a battle of strength, an arm wrestle where the loser dies and the winner gets to stay in this hell.
1: I always like that part. It's really <laughs> good, especially those like couple lines. At I the think it, it really
0: shows his viewpoint where he's like almost comparing like dying to be the better of the two options. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Or Dylan.
1: think you have the last one which is
0: jess's as well so for jess i ended up choosing a more of like an internal thought process because i think her thoughts are quite important to her development throughout the book so i thought it was kind of appropriate to choose a little bit of what was going on in her mind it was true we had changed and i wasn't sure it was for the better With all that had happened, I was at a point where I had lost all perspective. I knew God was testing us, but I wasn't sure if I was responding the right way. Sometimes I didn't recognize the person I had become. I could feel the old me slipping away, and I wasn't sure I liked the new me. The new me might be stronger, but she had lost some of the soft edges, some humanity, and had become sealed to this new way of life. The worst part was that I was unsure how far she would go. The new me held secrets. (laughs) (laughs) don't don't don't
1: I was just gonna do the same thing what yes. all right and so for a bit of a laugh I thought we would read out a passage from the very first version of the price pandemonium but thought this one was from the price pandemonium when it was called that name but turns out I have an even older version when it was called Shadows oh <laughs> so
0: (laughs) i forgot that it also had like a a weird name yeah
1: a different name yeah so this was written when we were teenagers so there are no spoilers um it's just a hilarious passage wow semi-hilarious so it is the entirety of chapter eight which is only one page so (laughs) There we go. I thought, why not read that out? And it is from Grace's perspective.
0: I love that there's no spoilers in an entire chapter. I know.
1: It's yeah, that's how much it's changed. And I found it pretty hilarious. So here we go. I heard thumping coming from the attic. We all froze and listened intently. Faint cries of help echoed through her room because we've made a typo instead of the room. That's Lizzie and Dylan, Levi said quickly. I nodded and stood up to go and help them. I lambered up the stairs, not sure what it's supposed to be. Um, <laughs> Lumbered, maybe? I have no
0: idea. It seems strange for grace, Lumbered. but continue. Yeah.
1: Uh, and paused now and then to make sure that it truly was Lizzie and Dylan calling for help. I rested <laughs> my hand on the banister <laughs> and brushed the dust off my hands. At the top of the sweeping staircase, there was an old wooden door that was shaking violently. I walked up to it and turned the handle, expecting it to swing swing open, but it didn't. I pulled again. It didn't move. Please help us, Lizzie called through the door. I'm trying, I called back while I violently kicked and shook the door. How did it look, I asked. I don't know, Lizzie said, sounding worried. It just swung shut and locked. Okay, you push and I'll pull, I said, trying my best (laughs) to get them out. (laughs) The stubborn door remained shut. I slid down to to the floor. Just let me think for a moment, I said. A loud crash at the front door alerted me. My body tensed and my senses heightened. I stood up quickly and began to pull at the door, almost in tears. (laughs) I heard two sets of heavy boots beating on the stairs. The soldiers shouted and I put my back against the door. My chest was heaving. My eyes darted around the room, searching for a place to hide, but I was trapped. Lizzie and Dylan were trapped. (laughs) We had no weapons, and there was nowhere to go. Two heavily built soldiers arrived at the landing. Their breathing echoed around the hall, and their dark, beady eyes stared menacingly at me. My heart raced, and my breathing quickened. They smiled evilly at me and shouldered their rifles, The soldier in front cocked his gun and I screamed. I ducked as the bullet sliced the air above me. It tore through the top of the door and left a trail of splinters. I heard a faint whimper and I knew it wasn't me. Then the door (laughs) emitted an unearthly squeal as it swung open unassisted. Lizzie and Dylan were at the back of the room. No one moved. We were too amazed and terrified to do anything. There was a dense silence, which no one wanted to break for the next few seconds. And for the next few seconds, we were safe from harm. The soldiers just stood there, (laughs) their rifles hanging limply in their hands. Suddenly, a yell from one of the soldiers destroyed the silence around us and the soldiers charged. Dylan lunged forward and held up a gun. He began to cock it, but the soldiers were already upon him, the bayonets on their guns gleaming in the dull light. Lizzie had a deadly look about her, and she picked up a small rusty tomahawk. She threw it forward with all her strength. It hit the first soldier squarely in the face. It sliced his face, and somehow he managed to uh, let out a yell of pain before collapsing into a heap on the floor. He was lifeless. Dylan aimed and (laughs) fired a single bullet bullet that blasted into the other soldier's chest with a dull thud. (laughs) I gazed at the first soldier, Blood pooled sickly around his head, and his eyes were wide open, rolled back into his head. I stepped cautiously over his body and gave Lizzie a hug. She was shaking. Where did that gun come from, Dylan? I asked. I don't know, he said, simply sounding puzzled. (laughs) It just appeared in the middle of the floor. I shivered. That's a bit creepy, I said, holding my head in disbelief.
0: (laughs) Oh, my goodness. amazing. They're always so dramatic and, like, oh so like, just... Like weird, strange things. That's a bit creepy. (laughs) The ghost attic. I'd forgotten about the ghost attic.
1: Yes, so had I, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Um, So anyways, (laughs) there's a little bit of what the old Price of Pandemonium slash Shadows of the Mind sounded like. The new version's much better than that, so let's just put that out there first.
0: There is no weird ghosts in the new version. No
1: appearing guns, (laughs) No, none of that stuff. Uh, anyway so we should probably wrap up this episode but i will just remind you one more time the price of pandemonium releases tomorrow uh, on february 14th so please go and get your copy i think you'll really really enjoy it happy
0: valentine's day yes (laughs) if you're maybe not having such a great valentine's day and you want to um read something with soldiers and death and
1: relationships that are falling to pieces
0: <laughs> i feel like there's something for everyone mm-hmm, there definitely mm-hmm.
1: anyways there are still some spots left on our author spotlight section so if you want to be on that head on over to our website lindersoncreations.com. you can hover your mouse
0: over the podcast tab and you'll find a drop down to be featured on dear writer and so next time on dear writer it's our author spotlight section and we are going to be having another Interviewee talk to us about their books. So listen in for that. And if you'd like to know more about us or any of our writing projects,
1: you can visit us at the aforementioned website, lindersoncreations.com, or you can get in contact with us on Facebook or Instagram under the handle Linderson Creations, or you can check us out on TikTok under Sasha A. Linderson.
0: If you enjoy the show, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or subscribe on your podcatcher of choice. Tell your friends about us and we'll be back in two weeks. Happy writing, everyone.